0: All right, well, this summer, hopefully you guys enjoyed. We had the opportunity to walk through some Minor Prophets, Habakkuk and Amos. Uh, We wrapped those up last week, and for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be specifically looking at what we are doing as a church, um, Parkview Church. If you know that we are one church, but we worship in three different locations, three different campuses throughout our community, we are the East Campus and uh, we want to spend a few, we always spend a few uh, weeks at the beginning of really the academic year in the university. This is really the kind of time, the year that everything kind of gets going. And so we like to spend a few weeks as sort of a church family thinking about, talking about what it is that we are doing and how we do it, right? We're in the business as a church of making disciples who pursue Jesus in everyday life. The way by which we do that, we use three words to talk about okay, how do we make disciples who are actively pursuing Jesus, who are actively growing in their faith, sharing their faith? What is the, the means by which we do that? We use three words. They each start with G. We gather to worship, we grow in Christ's likeness, and we go on mission, right? Gather grow, and go. So for the next couple of weeks, we'll be looking at those three words. This, this series is a little different than maybe how we would traditionally be preaching on a Sunday morning. Not too different, but it will be slightly different because really what I'm trying to do for the next couple of weeks is trying to really cast a vision of how the culture of East Campus, um, prayerfully how we want it to look here at East Campus, okay? So this week, our focus is on gathering and worship. Gathering in worship. Um, to help kind of orient our thoughts and think through how we do that as a church, I would invite you to um, open your Bibles. I hope you have a copy. If you don't, there are some in the back. Craig will gladly put one in your hand if you put it in the air. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 10. So I'd invite you to turn to Hebrews chapter 10. I got one up here, Craig. Anybody else need a Bible? Fantastic. Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to be looking at verses 19 through 25. So I would invite you to turn there. You will be greatly helped if you are reading along with me as I read aloud. This is the word of the Lord. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, To meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, as we consider the words, um, your words this morning, Father, I pray that you would um, remind us that we are a people that you have called to yourself, Lord, and as a result, we should not neglect meeting together. Lord, I pray that you would help each of us to see the benefit, really the need in our life um, to draw near together, Lord. I pray that as we just even consider your text this morning, I pray that you would make it real clear what you are calling your people to, Lord, and that you would um, help us to be able to see just real clearly just steps of obedience that each of us just individually need to make, but also corporately as a people need to make, Lord. So I pray you would take these words, which we believe to be eternal and true, Lord, and that you would write them on our hearts. We ask these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. When I was in college, um, a number of my friends had taken a class that they highly recommended. They highly recommended this class to me, and at Maybe after a couple of years of hearing the recommendation, finally I decided I would sign up and register for this class. Um, To my surprise, it was full. And so it was really towards the end of my college career that I was able to actually get in this class. Um, It was a voice class. It was a voice class, like a singing class. Um, I'm not a musician. Maybe you know that. Char probably knows that better than any, having stood next to me in worship. Um, I do not have a particularly wonderful singing voice and so i thought you know this would be an easy way to get a credit right and perhaps along the way you know maybe develop some vocal abilities right so i signed up for the class i got the class and the instructor the very first day just met with the instructor at a piano and the first thing she asked me to do was to just sing right and this was completely out of my comfort zone entirely out of my comfort zone, to just start singing. I didn't even know, like, where to start, so I just ended up singing Happy Birthday, right? The point was to just place me with somebody who was in a similar vocal range as me as an instructor. And so, uh, really, the course, I don't know, maybe some of you have taken this course, maybe it's changed, I don't know, but the course, uh, I just met individually throughout the week, once or twice a week with an instructor, who, uh, his job was to get me to sing to, to vocally sing in front of the entire class by the end of the semester. It was a terrifying thought, a terrifying thought. and So, he was like, well, first we have to pick a song. So, the song he, he picked for me was, uh, I think it was a song out of My Fair Lady. I don't even know <laughs> what it was. <laughs> Something about accustomed to her face or, I don't know. It was, it was, it was terrible, honestly. So, um, so, like, for a whole semester, I gave myself to learning I've grown accustomed to her face. And just everywhere I went, that song was embedded in my mind. It was like it was the background of the... It was like the, the theme song of my semester, right? And so um, at the end of the semester, you know, like last couple of weeks, each individual, I had to recruit my own pianist to play with me. That was really fun. And then um, we had to perform for our entire class. Now, as I was preparing to stand in front of my peers and demonstrate slash humiliate myself, right? Demonstrate my ability and humiliate myself. Um, like, just moments before walking up there, I asked myself a question. And the question was simply, what am I doing, <laughs> right? What in the world, how did I get myself into this position, right? Luckily, I didn't know anybody in the class, and so I was able to just let it rip and move along, right? But that question... What in the world am I doing here? Why am I in this position? Maybe it's a question some of you have found yourselves in a similarly uncomfortable position and found yourself asking as well. What am I doing here? Maybe some of you are asking that question right now. Maybe. What am I doing here? Like in this room today right now why are you here if you find yourself asking that question like right now you soon will be in good company because really this morning i want to invite all of you to ask that question why am i here Why are you here in this room on a Sunday morning? For some of you, getting up out of bed at like maybe, I don't know what time you do that, 9 o'clock or maybe 10 o'clock for some of you late risers on a Sunday morning, on a day off. Like getting yourself here is difficult enough, let alone getting your family here as well. But yeah, you do it. Many of you do it faithfully week after week after week. After week, for some of you, it's you know there's parts inside of you where this is the last thing you would want to do on a Sunday morning, yet you come faithfully week after week. Why do you do it? Why are you here? Why are we here right now, this morning? This morning, I have just a very simple goal. I want to present to you a clear and hopefully compelling vision for why we gather together on Sunday mornings. It's, it's quite often the case that we do things and we never talk about why we do these things, right? Especially in the church, right? There's disciplines and there's all sorts of things that, that really shape the way that our Sunday mornings go and very rarely do we pause and speak about why we do those things. Hopefully we can do that more regularly, okay? I don't know if you have ever you know been in the dating world for those of you who are married maybe before marriage hopefully but um, where you would you know entertain the idea of you know spending a long you know committing in a relationship to somebody isn't it really helpful before you like really commit yourself to have a good understanding of what are the expectations for this relationship what am I signing up for right well this morning it's Very similar sort of goal. Why do we gather as a people? My hope is that we can all get on the same page. And not just get on the same page, but also get excited about that. You know, if you've been here for a while, you know that our our worship team has, we've had some transitions with folks who've helped lead us in worship over the last, like, four or five months. And as a result, it's caused me to, to really kind of get more involved with what we do on Sunday mornings, with like just planning and thinking through it, not just because of the worship team, but because, well, Liz primarily did all of that, right? And she's not here anymore. And so I've had the, the really the, the privilege, the blessing of thinking through Sunday mornings, outside of even just my sermon text, thinking about what we do on Sunday mornings, like far earlier in the week. Tuesdays, our team gets together we think through, okay, what are the songs that are going to be sung? What are the the, the different elements, communion, the scripture that's being read, the prayers that are being offered? I've had the opportunity to think about that stuff far in advance. And it's been so cool to watch my heart as I have done that long to see you on Sunday mornings. Like grow in my desire to be here with you. As I've thought about what we are doing. Why we are doing it. The natural effect on my heart is to want to be here with you. My hope is this morning that as we leave those doors, many of you will feel encouraged. Feel alive. And even have a longing to come back here next week. It's my hope. We'll see if it happens. I've been praying for that all week. All right. So. Hebrews 10 is going to help us in this. This passage is going to help us. This morning, i want to keep it real simple. We're going to talk about the why, the what, and the how of our worship here at Parkview East. The why, the what, and the how. In these verses, we see, so we look specifically at the why. Why do we gather? The first reason, I just want to point out quickly. I've got a lot of notes, but I might just, I might just point them out quickly, okay? The why. The first reason... That informs the why. Why do we gather on Sunday mornings? Because we can. Because we can. You see this in 19 through 21. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. Look at verse 20. By the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain. That is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. The folks, the reason that we gather on Sunday mornings and worship together as a people is because we can. We can. Like if you were to go back into the Old Testament and see how like through the tabernacle God's presence dwelled in the inner chamber of the tabernacle in the Holy of Holies. The the Day of Atonement was a day where, where the high priest one day out of the year would enter beyond the veil separating God's presence from God's people. He would enter beyond that curtain and he would make a sacrifice atoning for the sins of the people. One day, one person per year. The work that Jesus accomplished on the cross. What Jesus did for us. His flesh, the, the tearing of his flesh equaled the tearing of that curtain. Making God's presence accessible to all of God's people. Right? So we don't need one person. Our great high priest is Jesus himself. He has made it possible for us to experience his presence. Yes, all throughout our day, all throughout our week, but especially on the day of the Lord when we enter through those doors. We meet as a people, folks, because we can. Isn't that awesome? Jesus made a way for us to do that. And we meet on Sunday mornings because we can. We also meet on Sunday mornings because we should. We see this in Hebrews 10, 25. It's an exhortation that that the people not neglect meeting together, as is the habit of some. Clearly, it was the habit of some folks to maybe not prioritize Sunday morning, the corporate gathering, worshiping together as a people corporately. Some were not prioritizing it. Be for a variety of reasons. Now I think of some folks. You know, maybe even back then that were, you know, what it meant to worship together as a people. It meant, oftentimes, things like persecution, right? The challenges that they faced to get together and meet publicly as a people, like even just space. Where do we do this at? Right? There were significant challenges that could have kept them from doing it. Likewise, there are many of us today, and there's, in fact there's parts all across our world where that is still true. Where the public worship, the public gathering of the church means you are inviting potential persecution upon yourself. Right? It's a significant challenge. And for many of us today in this room right now, there are challenges that may potentially keep us from coming to gather as well. It's, it's, it's amazing, though, when you consider the challenges that we face compared to the challenges that they faced. And it should be quite humbling, right? Getting out of bed, right? It's my day off, right? Do, do I really want to drive 10 miles to church? I could just kick it here and turn on the intranet and watch it. Maybe watch a different church. Maybe just stream a sermon from one of my favorite pastors, right? Right? I mean, especially today, the the options are endless, yeah? Folks, we meet together because we are commanded to meet together. And I'm not trying to make people feel guilty, okay? Especially in the summertime when there's lots of traveling, when, when we have vacation, and there's times when we can't do this. Right? I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. But my hope is that you see the priority of it. That it is a command in scripture that we do not neglect what we are doing right here and right now. Right? And the reason why God commands us to do it, there's a variety of reasons. But one of the reasons is because, thirdly, we need to do it. We gather because we can... We gather because we should. He commands us to do it. And we gather because we need it. It's common for most of us to enter into this place on a Sunday morning in some sort of a spiritual or emotional fog. Difficult sometimes to come. For many of us, the busyness of life can distort our understanding of what is truly important. We need an opportunity to clear our head, to recalibrate our spirit, and even to jumpstart our heart. Sunday mornings is an opportunity to do just that. Martin Luther saw Sunday morning, the Sunday morning gathering as an opportunity to awaken his spiritual fire. He says this, At home, in my house, there is no warmth or vigor in me, but in the church. When the multitude is gathered together, a fire is kindled in my heart. And it breaks its way through. It breaks its way through. When, when Martin Luther considered the corporate gathering, what effect? What happened, the effect it had on his soul is that it was, it was like it was kindling a fire inside of his heart. Breaking through right, impacting the way he viewed himself, God, and his brothers and sisters, right? My hope is that as we leave this room on Sunday mornings, the exact same thing would happen to you and me, right? That as we come and we hear God's word proclaimed, that as we come and we cry out to him, expressing our need for him, as we are reminded of the great truths of scripture about who God is and what he has done, that flames would would begin to, to set our heart ablaze, right? So often we can go throughout our week, Monday through Saturday, taking care of all the tasks, all of the jobs that we have to do, and we forget, we forget what is really important in our lives. So we have built these corporate gatherings through tradition to remind us regularly of why we are here, right? Of what God has, has done for us, of how glorious he is that as we leave, there is a, a fire that has been kindled in our heart that is breaking through. As we walk in these doors, my hope is that we walk in with an expectation to encounter God. To encounter the living and the eternal God. That, that as we come, we are ready to make a contribution. Make a contribution to what happens in this room. Right? And that our hope is we leave with an expectation to be set On fire. My question is when you come on Sunday mornings do you come with those same expectations? Do you come with the expectations to encounter and worship the true God? To make a contribution to what happens in here? Or do do we just come ready to receive? Do we come ready to give as well? And do you have an expectation to leave with a fire? Why do we meet? The next is just what? As we gather on Sunday morning, what is it that we are trying to do? To help understand this, I remember a story I told. I was told one time of an individual, we'll call him John. Okay? Fair enough name, John. John was recounting one of his saddest childhood memories. It was his 10th birthday. Right? And his family, they were only allowed one birthday party, and it was their 10th Birthday, all right? This is a big deal. It was going to be awesome, right? So John sent invitations out. They were distributed to his eight closest friends. And as the day drew near, the anticipation grew and it grew and it grew. Finally, the day had arrived. He waited by the door to enthusiastically greet each and every one of his friends, and they all came. It was going to be glorious, epic, if you will. Immediately, they rushed out into the backyard and they played football and basketball. If it was today, they'd probably be playing video games all day. Heaven forbid, but that's probably what would have happened. They were all there, they were all having fun. While they played, mom baked cake, and the aroma went throughout the house. Everybody, the anticipation of this moment around a table was growing as they smelled the wonderful smells of freshly baked cake. Pizza was on its way, it was going to be awesome. It was going to be amazing. So excited! They gathered around that table. They feasted on pizza and, and cake. They opened presents. Little Johnny got everything that he wanted. It was all there. It was awesome. But then, to cap over this, to cap off this wonderful experience, little Johnny had planned sort of a twist. Right? His friends had come bringing him gifts. He wanted to give them a gift. And so little Johnny told everybody, "Hey, you know." It may seem like the party's over, but actually it's just getting started. We're going to go down to the local high school, small town. This is like the greatest thing ever. We're going go to the local high school, and we're going to watch the high school basketball game. <gasps>, Gasps in the room. They were all amazed. Like, this is going to be awesome. Johnny was treating his friends. This is a fantastic As they wait in line, little Johnny is imagining them sitting on the bench, spectating, watching this basketball game. Johnny's in the middle, four friends on either side. Popcorn is flying in the air. They're laughing. They're slugging each other in the arm. It's going to be great, right? Johnny gets the tickets. He he splurges, buys it all for his friends, gets in there, buys popcorn at the concession stand. The moment they walk through those doors, the moment his foot steps, steps foot on the hardwood of the basketball court, all of his friends scatter. They all see their family members in the stands. Their other friends were there. They scatter, leave Johnny in the dust, Right? Little Johnny is left watching the game all by himself as he grows old alone. (laughs) Sounds terrible, doesn't it? What a sad, sad moment for little Johnny. Right? The truth is, folks, it's often how we treat... The story reminds me of how we often can treat God in worship. Though we come to an event where he... ...is the guest of honor, it is possible to leave a routine gift, sing a couple customary songs, all the while completely ignoring him. Being more concerned with what we want to do, with our comfort and our preference. Maybe even being more concerned about the show that is happening in front of us. Folks, Sunday morning is primarily about worshiping God, right? First and foremost, as we come in these rooms, these doors, He is the guest of honor, right? He is the one that we gather to sing songs to. We come in this place to worship Him, to worship Him with with our songs, to just sacrifice, to learning Him, giving our gifts, to Him. He is the guest of honor and as long as we worship, it's the proper way to respond to Him. That's what worship is. It's the fitting and the delightful response of moral beings, and I say moral because angels worship and we worship, right? To who God, it's the right way, the delightful way to respond to who God is, what God has done and what He has yet to do, right? That's the way we respond is by worshiping. So when we come here Sunday mornings, I hope that you come expecting to worship. The next thing I hope that you come expecting to do is expecting to build one another up, to encourage one another. Verse 24, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. Speaking to the Corinthians about their weekly assembly, Paul writes, So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. And again, more explicitly, what then, brothers? When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. There are several places in his writing where Paul argues that one of the primary goals of what we call corporate worship is to edify the whole church. In the assembly, we should do all things in order to build one another up. When we come here on Sunday mornings, it's an opportunity for us to encourage one another, to build each other up in the Lord. That's what he has called us to do. So Sunday mornings we see as this vision of not just coming to worship God, but as we do that, we, it serves as an encouragement to each other. So how do we do that? How does it look? Well, the first thing is what we want to do on, especially at East Campus, um, just as a church at Parkview, what we want to do is we want to make sure we are faithful to how God has prescribed. He has kind of laid out a vision. This is not Doug's vision. This is God's vision for what church is supposed to be, right? He commands us that as we gather as a people, there are certain things that are simply non-negotiable things. It's the reason that we meet. So what are those things? The first thing is we want to prioritize the reading and the teaching of the Bible. 1 Timothy 4, 13. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and to teaching. This is what Paul tells Timothy. The word of God and our corporate gatherings must be opened, must be read, and must be explained. If we are to be faithful to what God has called us to do. Modern day, this is the, 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 just, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I feel like oftentimes the rub here is that modern day pastors maybe see themselves, not, not all, but I think there's an expectation maybe from culture, I don't know where it comes from, to see themselves as pri- primarily as C- kind of like this hybrid between CEOs and entertainers, right? Well, the primary task of the pastor is to apply the word of God to the people of God, right? Right? To use God's word for the purpose of the care and the cure of souls. That's what a pastor's primary job is, right? And I can relax because I'm not a very good at CEOing and I'm not very good at entertaining, all right? Opening God's word is the primary goal of what God has called me to do. I'm not necessarily saying I'm great at that either, but I'm trying. I'm trying, right? So would we gather, this is a priority. This is one of the reasons why I encourage you to bring your Bibles to church on Sunday mornings. Why I encourage you to have the Bibles open at church on Sunday mornings. Okay? Because it is central to what we do. It's one of the reasons why throughout the songs we will select passages. Why Shar gets up and reads Psalm 73 in between songs. Right? When we think about the songs that we play, are they centered around biblical language? Are they consistent with what God says in his word? Okay, The Bible is central. What else do we do? Secondly, we sing songs. Ephesians 5, 18 through 19. Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms, in hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Why do we sing? Why do we sing? When you come to church, I mean, this is, for many of you, this is the only social setting ...where you are asked to sing or expected to do so... ...that you'll ever find yourself in throughout the week. I'm thinking primarily, I mean, not necessarily, but... ...I won't say that, but for many of us, that's the truth, right? This is the only time throughout the week... ...where anybody would expect that that you would start to sing, right? In fact, it's just weird, okay? For some of you, it's actually rather uncomfortable. There might even be, heaven forbid... ...but there might even be some of you... ...who strategically plan your arrival around the time... When you can do the least amount of singing possible, all right? I don't want to say that's true, but for the other churches, maybe it is true. I don't know. Not for you. You would never do that. But folks, we are commanded to sing songs. Why do we sing? Why do we sing? We sing as a form of expressing our praise. It's biblically throughout, throughout the Bible. It's how you sing songs of praise to God. It's how you take what is in your heart and you proclaim that, not just... And here's the catch. Here's what we often miss. You are not just proclaiming it to God. You are absolutely doing that. But when you do that, do you know who else you're proclaiming it to? Each other. To one another. Notice what it says be filled with the Spirit, addressing, do you ever think about this? Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making a melody to the Lord with your heart. As we sing and make a song with our heart to God, we are simultaneously addressing one another with those very words. Okay? This is an incredibly important. This gives incredibly important understanding to how it shapes what we do on Sunday mornings up front. Okay, in fact, I would I would guess that there are many experiences. Maybe you could relate to this, but there are many times where we, we treat church more like a concert hall. Like you, you you expect to walk into a concert hall, like a like a rock show or a whatever kind of show. I don't know, a concert. Right? So the, the, the music, the, sorry, the, the lights are turned low, so you can't really see each other. The only thing that's really lit up is the stage, because this is all that really matters on a Sunday morning. Well, not according to the Bible, but you know, that's the way we treat it. The only thing you can hear is what happens on the stage. right? Whatever we can do to drown out y'all voices, so you can just hear the quality musicians, that's what we'll try and do. That, that's not what God's prescribed for us, though. Right? So the, the, the truth is what happens up here should only, be, should only be used in such a way as it promotes singing out there. Right? As we sing, we sing to one another. So you may think to yourself, I don't have a good voice. Right? But when you, ro- when you don't sing, you're actually robbing your brother and sister of encouragement if you, that they could have if you did sing. So folks, what we want to treat Sunday mornings like is not like a concert hall. Okay? Rather, envision a banquet hall. A banquet hall, like a potluck, like what the party we had last night. Where folks come and everybody brings something to contribute. Everybody brings a dish at a banquet. Right? At a potluck. They walk in the room. They expect to have a good meal. Absolutely yes and amen. But they also bring a dish to share. And that's what our worship is. We come expecting to encourage one another and to receive encouragement. We all have a significant role to play to make that happen on Sunday mornings, right? Thirdly, what else do we do? We sing songs, we read the Bible, we sing songs, and we pray. Acts 2.42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Oftentimes, maybe we can be tempted to think on Sunday mornings prayer in the gathering is relegated to the back seat and that's unfortunate it's unfortunate it's a token time that we use to maybe kick the worship service off or maybe bring it to a close if somebody asked you what is the you know how is your prayer life and the only thing you could think of is that you just pray before meals my guess is you wouldn't think of yourself as having a very vibrant or disciplined prayer life it would be my guess it's good and helpful to pray before meals, absolutely. Okay? But throughout the church service, we want to have prayer evident all throughout the service. Okay? We're commanded to do it. We sing, we we give offer praise prayers of praise, prayers of thankfulness, prayers of lament, prayers of confession, prayers of request. So we read the Bible, we sing songs, and we pray. And fourth but not but not least, Um, ...are the ordinances. What else are we commanded to do in Scripture? We are commanded to do the ordinance... ...which is specifically baptism and the Lord's Supper. These are opportunities for us to demonstrate... uh, ...what we believe... ...to demonstrate what God has done for us. They're an opportunity to show our faith... ...and be reminded of who God is and what he does. We see that in baptism, the celebration of new life, right? Of the inward change of an individual. We celebrate that corporately as a people through baptism and through the Lord's Supper where we proclaim and we celebrate his death and his resurrection. One of my favorite biblical scholars, as he considers really what the church service looks like, he describes it like this, it's an opportunity where God's people gather to read the Bible, preach the Bible, pray the Bible, sing the Bible, and see the Bible. Through the ordinances, it's an opportunity for us to visibly see what God is up to, what God is doing, okay? I want to pause right there. There are lots of things we could be doing on Sunday mornings up here that you could make a very strong case for, right? You could probably make a strong case for a skit. Could be doing that. I'm not saying you can't do a skit, all right? You could, you could do all. You could have a dance. Maybe, maybe Craig Welt. I think is. I saw him last night with the music, gifted in the dancing department. We could feature Craig Welt in a moment of dance. We could. I'm just saying we could, if the Holy Spirit led. Got hands raised up here, okay? There, there are a number of things that we could do. We could show a video, okay? God doesn't command us to do that. We could do that, okay? What what I want to suggest to you as a church is as much as we can focus on what God has commanded us to, that's where we want to be, right? It's one of the reasons why, again, why I encourage you to bring your Bibles. It's one of the reasons why we do the Lord's Supper every other week, right? Because it's, it's one of the things that we are commanded in Scripture to do. It's one of the reasons why we pray. You may be thinking, okay, this is not what Doug is doing right now. Is not the most effective way of, of educating and communicating something, right? However, it is what has been, what God has called us to do as a church when we gather, to open up and explain the Bible. So as a church, what we want to do, far and above all the things that we could do, is we want to be faithful to who God has called us to be. So I just want to challenge you again. Just maybe just pause real quick and just think about it. Why are you here right now? Do you want to come back next week? Yeah. Not if Greg Wells dancing, maybe is <laughs> The opportunity was there. I'm sorry. Yeah, but folks, this is, this for us as a people, I mean, it was, if you guys were not here last night, it was awesome. It was awesome. We had a, pot, a barbecue out the front in the parking lot. We were hoping that room was going to be ready. It ain't. That's okay. But it was awesome. And my prayer, my prayer, is that as you think about it, if you were here last night, there were several hundred people from the neighborhood who just came over and ate food and had fun. It was really, really, a great time. Uh, My prayer is that as we think about what we're doing here at Parkview East, as we commit ourselves to being faithful to what God has called us to do, that we will begin to see some of those people that were out there at the barbecue in here on Sunday mornings because they can answer this question the exact same you, the same way you answer that question. I come on Sunday mornings... Because I can. Because I should. And because I need to. Folks, Christ made a way for us. And we think about what it cost him so that we could gather some 2,000 years later as his people. How dare we neglect that opportunity? When you think of your schedule, and you think of your planner, and this is not just me trying to get more numbers at church. This is me as a pastor knowing what's best for you because of what God has said and what's best for me, okay? My, my hope is that you would start with Sunday mornings, right? As you think about the way to plan your week, that Sunday mornings would be top priority for all of us because we know it's what we all need. It's what he's called us to. This morning we're going to spend a little bit of time just in closing. We're actually going to celebrate the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ through the Lord's Supper. And so this is an opportunity for us as a church to visibly demonstrate, to be able to see what Jesus has done for us and to be reminded of what he has called us to as his people. So I'm going to pray the way we do it at East is if you are a follower of Jesus we invite you to gather around these three tables and if you're gluten-free I would go to the back okay but this is an opportunity for us as God's family to gather around these tables and to proclaim his death and resurrection and so if you are a follower of Jesus and you maybe call another church home this table is open to you if you don't follow Jesus um, then I would just suggest to you that you just just don't participate that's okay all right? It's okay. I'm going to read this scripture. I will pray for us. And then kind of as you feel prompted, you can head to one of the tables. Um, and we'll take communion together as a people. For I received from the Lord that what I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And we had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup you proclaim the lord's death until he comes let me pray for us father god i thank you just for the opportunity we had this morning to to really meet as um as a body lord and um just to consider why we come together. Lord, I pray that you would allow each and every one of us to to be able to see what you are calling us to as your people. Lord, and not just that, but also what it took for you to make us your people. Lord, I pray that you would give each and every one of us right now as we just participate in the Lord's Supper, that you would give each and every one of us just a clear understanding of our, our sin, ways that we have um, dropped the ball, ways that we have um, not measured up, Lord, to your standard. Lord, and I pray that as we take this meal together as a family, Lord, that you would encourage our faith because we will be reminded, Lord, that you provided one who did meet the standard in our place, Lord. So as we consider this, Lord, I pray that you would spur us um, to be into people who love you and who savor you, Lord, and that you would use this us to just encourage and strengthen our faith together. We ask these things in your name. Amen.